0: summer skate studios behind this hockey shop to present college hockey southwest live from march 20th 2022 tonight's scheduled guest colorado college head coach chris maya behind the masks college hockey southwest live is brought to you by peterson toyota college graduate member of the military and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount see us at PetersonToyota.com. top golf let us help you reimagine Your local center or com. NCH, you know, NCHC.TV Subscribe to TV Watch in college hockey since 2013. Behind the mask hockey shops, visit any of our three or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Two locations in Arizona, six in Colorado. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to it. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Welcome in the hockey fans, hockey fans, NCHC Atlantic, wherever you may be listening to it tonight. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest. It's our Sunday night reaction show tonight. The reaction is all about the brass. Scott Brandy with you on Selection Sunday from beautiful Harris, uh, North Kansas City. Beautiful, beautiful property. My co host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York, the palatial estate that stretches miles, miles, and miles. And he's uh, about 10 feet underground in the uh, sea level, I should say, in that beautiful palatial basement.
0: Uh, Paul, how are you? I'm better than you do. At least I think I do. I mean.
2: Am I, am I crackling? Is oh. that what the problem is? Because uh, I'm getting word that I'm crackling or yeah, a choppy I mean, connector.
0: Uh, that's the way it sounds here. I, and, and I believe. Okay,
2: keep talking. Let me see if I can fix it while we're, while we're doing it.
0: You know, I believe that uh, you are kind of off in your measurements. Um, I believe it's not miles and miles and miles. Um, it's probably more like millimeters, and millimeters, and millimeters. And yes, we do have brackets. Um, Kind of exactly what we expected them to be after the uh, pairwise came out. Um, Although we did, or I shouldn't say we, I, and I can't be the only one that's done this, just out of curiosity, went into the pairwise and threw in the results of a game that wasn't played to see how that affected the pairwise in the end and um, let's just say that um, it might have affected one or two teams and and how they and, and, and how they ended up getting matched up. Um, I, I put it in there as a tie. Guys, There's my a win for uh, each team. And uh, amazingly enough, uh, results came out a little bit different. So,
2: can you hear me?
0: Uh, well, I.
2: <laughs> Talking to myself yeah, I don't know.
0: Like, like like the producer says I sound okay uh, maybe I'll just ramble for a minute if you uh cut yourself out and come back in I don't know if you can do that without cutting us all off but
2: uh can, can you hear me now because I'm uh I'm adjusting some yeah, things here now. but apparently Mike might... okay let's see if we can uh, work on this um i this am working broadcasting broadcasting, off of a, yeah, I, my internet connection won't stay here, and I should have—I didn't get here early enough to be able to to do anything like I wanted to do. So, anyway, shocking. as long as you can hear me, that's I that's the main you. thing.
0: Yeah, hopefully we'll be able. to Okay, hear the coach, um, if he comes on, uh, and I'm not trying to say he won't, but there's a reason why we use the word scheduled because you never know, life happens, right?
2: Yeah, life happens. He is on the road. He's a very busy man. This, people think that when the hockey season's over, Paul, it's all over for these coaches. That's when it starts. That's when they start to not, recruit and build for next year.
1: There's not and one coach after. that doesn't say the And the, the year
2: same after,
0: thing. Not, <laughs> exactly right. They all say the exact same thing. The off season is busier than the season.
2: Yeah, that's 100 percent correct.
0: Because during the season, they're just coaching, right? right they're not just coaching, but you know, there's a routine and their coaching, and there's practice time, and all this other stuff. In the off-season, you now become basically uh, an administrator. And you're not on the ice. So all those hours you would spend on the ice, you're now spending on the phone. You're looking at video. You're doing whatever it is they do. And getting your team ready for, as you said, not just next year, but the year after and the year after that. And we know that based on everything that's happened in the last couple of years, that's gotten even more complicated. So, I mean, that makes it much harder to, uh, to do what you got to do. So,
2: yeah. And um, speaking of what you got to do, the brackets yep. came out. It's Selection Sunday. The brackets came out tonight. Um, I noticed. My, my beard is still growing because the Pioneers are still holding in there. So my, my NCAA playoff beard still going okay. Um, this is different this year, though, Paul, because there's a day off in between games, um, semifinals and finals in each region. So they will start March 24th. They will end March 27th. So that's a Thursday to Sunday. I, don't um, know if I,
0: I, I guess time will tell whether this is the right move.
2: Oh, it's the right move. It definitely is the right move. Well, uh, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna debate that because it, it's too much. It's too much pressure. Back. To, I know they play back to back, but play this is back every week. I know, but not against different teams. So what? And you need a little time to prep. You what? need a little what? time no. to prep in between. And everybody uh, has the same amount of time. That's what I'm saying. You need a little time to prep. So it's best to play two games on Thursday, get Friday off, go through a skate, go through your film, adjust for who you're going to play on Saturday night, and you're going to find out uh, when this is all said and done that you're getting the true champion uh, through this. It's not going to be anybody that's going to be able to sneak through. They're going to have to – if you don't prepare, you're not going to make it. So anyway. I, I let's... just
0: – I don't know. I just – it's, it's the mild. right idea.
2: It's the right I thing. Plus, that, plus we'll from out. your point, plus from your point, you get to see every game if you want you to. Are...
0: Well, you, yeah, well, you don't have to go searching for them. Um, uh, you know, most, I shouldn't even say most. I don't even, I don't know what the penetration of hmm. all of the ESPN channels are. Um, I don't know how many people have ESPN you, and that's where most of the games are. Uh, on Thursday and Friday, uh, it's split between ESPNU and ESPN Two. On Saturday and Sunday, um, and then you know the semifinals and finals uh, are all on ESPN Two. So um, I don't. Uh, most people have those or have access to them. So, but you know now you now you have games starting at noon though.
2: Yeah, that's, that's fine for us that's that fine. don't work.
0: No, I get it. For, <laughs> listen, for for those of you who, you know, have the red carpet rolled out and the whole royalty <laughs> thing and all that sort of mishigash, uh, uh, yeah. those of us that have to work, um, you know, uh, I guess I can – I mean, I'll keep up, obviously, with what's going on. and It kind of depends on what that day's schedule is and uh, – I don't even know um, cause I, I don't want to watch on my phone. I can't. I don't know how people watch games on their phone because you can't see anything.
2: Well, hopefully, when we uh, we can connect with uh, Colorado College coach Chris Mayotte, we'll uh, we'll have him help us uh, through the brackets here a little bit. But before he comes on, and hopefully he's he's in his car, so if we can hook up with him, we will. Um, right. But the number one seed went to Michigan. Correct. Paul alluded to that earlier that mm, there might've been a bit of controversy in that one. Um, number two went to Minnesota state, right? Number three went to Western Michigan and number four went to Denver. So I think they got the top four, right? Just not sure if there wasn't a couple of, uh, teams out of order there, but once again, I, I don't, I don't really mind it, uh, as a, uh, Person that covers the Denver Pioneers because I think the Pioneers got the got one of the best draws they well, could have man. ever dreamed of, uh, at least to get to the the uh, the Frozen Four, and then then they'll have to play somebody that uh, was either beaten by the number one team or the number one team itself.
0: Well, listen, you here's the here's the thing though, okay? If there weren't health and safety concerns.
1: Which that which is, is top
2: priority, Paul. You know that. That's true. Even even if it is the day after a game. It doesn't matter. what, what? what? those what? are important.
0: Really? The day after a game? Really?
2: You never know. They can That's crop up, Paul. And they very, can very damage your team game. and make it make it very difficult on your student athletes tongue in cheek.
0: They could. Now, if that game had been played. Okay, um the pairwise would have had uh, Minnesota State finish in the top spot, and Michigan finish in the two spot. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Um. Does that change the bracket a little bit? Um. Yeah, probably. Um. I, I probably does. But maybe not. Um. Because the way it ended up. Uh, neither Minnesota State or Michigan are playing a, a, a Big Ten team in the first round. Uh, if Michigan wins, they actually play that game and Michigan wins. Um, the It goes this way. So you, this, you could tell me if this is a little bit of a change or not. Uh, Michigan, Minnesota State, Denver, and that other Maroon and Gold team, one through four. And... Western is now at five. Okay, so that is a big change.
2: Yeah, I'm listening.
0: And that's with the game being played in Michigan winning the game. Okay, um, if they play that game in Western Michigan wins, it's still Minnesota State, uh, Michigan 2, Western Michigan 3, your Bulldogs at four. Denver at five, and that other maroon and gold team at six. So you tell yeah.
2: me. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we are fortunate enough to have the head coach from the Colorado College Tigers joining us tonight. Um, on the road, working as always. I don't think the guy ever stops, Fall, but Coach Maya welcome in. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for
3: having me. Uh, it will stop here soon, um, <laughs> you know, maybe on the way in two weeks, so – uh, I told my wife I'll, I'll go on the road for five to six days and then uh, and then get serious about uh, about being around a little more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it, Coach. Love it. Um, before we jump in and talk about your team and the season that you had, I want to throw something at you. I was on the uh, um, press conference for the uh, Frozen face-off last week, and I asked a question to Brad Berry. I said, Did uh, your weekend with Colorado College prepare you for what you were going to see coming up in the one and dones? And he went on and elaborated and elaborated about how important that series was and how tough your team was and what a great job of coaching you done. So if you haven't heard it, Pat's on the back from all of us, Coach.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, I I appreciate it. And, and, you know, obviously the job that they did this year, I think – uh, really in our league, you know, I think you could have given coach of the year, staff of the year, however you want to say it, uh, to a number of different schools, you know, obviously the job that DC and, and his staff did at DU this year, um, you know, the job that first did in his first year at Western Michigan, I think in preseason, they were picked sixth. Uh, and then obviously what, uh, what Brad and those guys did up at Nodak with, um, you know, they lost 14 guys from their roster last year and, and had a ton of injuries this year. You know, unfortunately, uh, Jake Sanderson is, is hurt again. Um, but what they were able to do with uh, with a lot of key guys missing at a lot of different moments um, was really impressive. And, and that's, the, that's the beauty of the league. I, I do think it is what um, why teams have so much success coming out of the NCHC in the NCAA tournament because, you know, there isn't a, it's not like you have three teams that are way at the top and the other eight to nine teams, you know, are, don't have a chance to beat them on on most given nights. Uh, You know, this league is different that if you don't show up, um, you, you're going to get beat. It doesn't matter who you play. And, And so it's just, you're tested every single weekend. Every single weekend is a big matchup is a big weekend. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately we're not still playing, but we're really looking forward to, uh, to watching the NCHC compete in the NCAA tournament.
0: Coach, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I, said to Scott as he was wherever he was, I like, wherever Denver or wherever he was. I, 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 honestly thought that those were the two best games your team played all year. You didn't get the wins. It, but I, I honestly don't think that those think games is. as you've played all season. Uh, am I wrong in that assessment,
2: or Coach? I don't know. I don't know if you heard that from Paul, but uh, he was talking about uh, your games up at NoDak uh, being probably the two best games that you guys have played all year. Your assessment on that? I don't think Coach Mann can hear us. Well, <laughs> this is this, this right, is what
0: happened. Got with you back now. Right? He's in the car. Oh, oh he's, he's back. back. Okay. There you go.
2: Did you hear that question, Coach? Because Paul was asking if, uh, in his estimation, your your two best games of the year were at Nodak uh, in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I I I agree with that. I I thought, um, you know, I I thought we played, I thought we played really well up there the Friday night. Um, you know when we were up there in the regular season, and unfortunately it didn't go our way any of the times. You know we lost three to two and right. two to one twice. Um, but I really did think in the playoffs we finally got to the spot where um, where we all just kind of understood, hey, we have to play a certain way to, to be successful. Um, you know, and that stuff that. I've talked a lot about with you guys throughout the, throughout the season in terms of building that identity, uh, making sure everybody's on the same page. And I thought we did, you know, uh, when, when we watched it back, obviously we, you know, we made a big strong push at the end of the Saturday night's game. um, You know, when we had the six on four opportunity uh, you know, couldn't find a way to get a goal. Uh, We still didn't quite create enough um, to really put a ton of pressure on them. Uh, but I thought, you know, in both games, I thought we showed resiliency, you know, we go down, we respond. Um, and then I thought we, we came out with really good third periods, uh, on both nights. I, I, um, I was really, I was proud of our guys, you know, we didn't get the results, um, and nine wins, you know, for our program isn't enough. Um, it's, it's not what our ultimate goal is. You know, the standard, the expectation at Colorado college, um, is to be a championship caliber program so we're not satisfied with that but i was really really proud with um right from the very first practice at air force at 6 a.m on september 1st um you know through the final horn uh saturday at north dakota um our guys gave it so much um you know you wish that it was a better result for them because of what they gave but yeah, I, you know, we went into those games feeling feeling confident, quite honestly. Um, you know, uh, you think about a team that was 0-4 against North Dakota in the regular season and had at that point, you know, had only won nine games all year. But we went up there feeling good about our chances and feeling good um, about ourselves. And I think, you, you know, you saw that in the type of game that we played. We went after it um, again came up a, a player too short each night but I was proud of, of the way we went after the games
0: well especially on the Saturday night coach I thought you guys were actually the better team it's it, sometimes you know the better team doesn't always win but in terms of the game on the ice I and you guys really put the pedal to the metal in the third period and, and shut them down too
3: yeah you know you outshoot a team 15 to 3 in a period um you got to feel pretty good about it. Um, and, and we did. And, and uh, like I said, unfortunately, we couldn't find a way to get the equalizer. I felt if we got, if we tied it up, we were going to win. Um, but we, uh, we weren't able to do it. Uh, you know, we had a couple chances. Hunter hit the post. We had some guys on the back door and the puck just found a way to not quite, not quite get there. Um, unfortunately.
2: Coach, you know, uh, two things. I came down to see you that week after the regular season ended. And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure what I was going to see from you and your team. I kind of knew what I'd see from you, but I wasn't sure about your team. I didn't know if they were going to be kind of kind of let down uh, the way the season ended or, or how it would be. And I was so impressed with your guys to a man and your work ethic and the practice that I watched because you guys just totally absorbed the fact that you still had playoff hockey life. And uh, I asked a couple of your players. I even asked you. I said, "Did the uh, playoff season start between the second and third period at Denver?"
3: You know that 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 third period at Denver in, it was was really big for us. Um, you know, we got outchanced um, the night before at home uh, by 20. It was it was the biggest. Uh, the most lopsided, you know, chances for, chances against I think I've ever been a part of in, in college hockey. Um, and then on Saturday night, when we graded out the chances, we out-chanced DU 9-1 to in the third period up there. Um, and that really was a huge, huge period for us. And, and I actually, you know, felt that we had figured a few things out, Um You know, I think going into that third period, we want nothing to do with playing Denver in the playoffs, quite honestly. Um, I thought coming out of that third period, we felt like they were the one team all year that we couldn't quite get on the same level with. Um, And I think being able to get there and kind of, you know, go after them the way that we did, uh, I think it just built another level of belief that, all right, Now there's no team in our conference that we don't at least have a period's worth of, hey, we can do this. Um, And so it it was a huge growth for us um, and a huge step forward. And it allowed us to to have, uh, you know, it's hard to say you get outscored 10 to 2 in a weekend. Um, It's hard to say, hey, we have momentum. Uh, But it really, it really was. We won a period. We beat, you know, we outscored them 2 to 1 in that period. Uh, and and so it allowed us to build through the week and, and that's where I kept talking about, and again, how resilient this team was that they had the ability to just on Monday practice show up again. And, and I think that's why we were able to grow the way we were this year and you had guys do, you know, have years that they've never had before. And, you know, you look at Hunter McCown, he's never scored 13 goals in a, in a year in his career. A, you know, uh, at least on elite prospects. Um, and he had 13 goals as a sophomore in the NCHC. Uh, you know, Tyler coffee had zero goals last year. Uh, he had 10 this year, Stanley Cooley, you know, had 19 points in the USHL last year and he had 18 points for us as a freshman in the NCHC. And so, you know, their ability to just get back to work, um, was really something and, and you saw it you know like you said when you came down for the weekly and up to North Dakota I'll be honest I was wondering the same thing like you know we just had two really hard weekends where we really weren't close to beating St. Cloud and we weren't close to beating DU and so we had four straight games of um not really feeling like we were in it and and we just got right back to work on Monday and again it's not like we're satisfied just playing close um but I thought it allowed us to be really competitive, uh, you know, at North Dakota.
2: Well, okay, yeah, bro, hold, of... on, hold on one second, Paul. I, I want to throw okay. this out there quickly, and then we'll jump into it. But uh, getting into the uh, the brackets, Coach, um, I, I had a chance to uh, visit with Scott Sandlin in, uh, at the Frozen Faceoff, and he told me and, and the rest of the media, I guess, that um, before they played St. Cloud State, uh, he told the guys in his locker room, if we're going to be a national championship team, I need all five guys back every shift in the defensive zone. And then he paused and he said, and that's not negotiable. If, if you're not going to do it, you're not going to play. Is that the way playoff hockey is?
3: Well, it, it is. And, in, in, you know, one of the – I was actually talking about this, we were talking about it as a staff, um, you know, this morning, and we're all out in different parts of the country, so it's more through text and things like that, but um, it's that, you know, the impressive thing with Duluth is that they just, they're so happy just not letting you score, right? And so... Like <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like when they get to playoffs, their mentality is we're not going to let you score, and in the process we're probably going to get a couple. And what do you know, you win, right? Um, you know to to shut out the weekend, uh, you know against Western and Denver is is a big time, big time feat, and it's. it's it's no surprise. It feels like here we are again. Uh, Duluth is is ready for a playoff run, a postseason run.
0: Coach, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, as, as, as as I've gotten into things uh, over the course of the history of doing this, I, I, I basically just call them vampires. Because they just... You, know, and you can never have enough garlic to get rid of them. So um back to your team for a second. Um how much does a weekend like that help not just you know to put a a semi good taste in your mouth because you can never say it's a good taste in your mouth after you lose. But your team was so young. You're only losing basically three guys from your top group. Um What did what was it like as you had to go through because I know you guys have meetings you know once the season's over um, How much was that emphasized to these guys?
3: Hang on guys. I'm having trouble here. No problem. Yeah.
0: no problem. I'll say it again. I, I, uh, you only have you're only losing three guys from your top. I group. can actually hear Scott better okay
2: okay let me repeat it bad for you but okay Uh, (laughs) he said that uh, you're only losing three guys uh i'm gonna try to paraphrase this you're only losing three guys off your roster and how big was that weekend at north dakota as far as uh prepping you uh, and your team for the future
3: yeah you know for us i i i think it was big um and, and again, this is stuff that we've talked about throughout the year is uh, our first one of our first meetings, uh, you know, as a team, as a staff with with everybody involved, uh, you know, we talk about expectations. We talk about uh, really, you know, hey, what's in front of us? What are our what are the what are the hurdles? What you know, what are we trying to accomplish? How are we going to do it? Um and a lot of it was, you know, our, a lot of the the language and the talk felt like, you know, it was the NCHC is is so hard. It's so hard. It's a it's a grind, and it it was almost the language was almost talking about the league as if we weren't really a part of it, and and so you know a lot of the work that we that we wanted to do this year was to build belief and, and make our our guys, you know, understand that you know if if you play as a team, if you do things the right way, if you train the right way, if you prepare the right way and you do it together, you know, you can you can make a run in this league. It, it's not you know it's not everybody else and, and then us. And, and so I think, you know, at the end, that's really where, you know, the North Dakota weekend, the playoff weekend was, was huge for us because in, because our mentality was that we we were going for it and we did believe that we could go up there and win. And, you know, the, the amount of work that, obviously went in between our first meeting and that one was significant, but our mentality as a program, I think really changed. And our mindset as a program really changed. And our our belief in terms of what our role in this league can be really changed. And so, you know, to go up there and, you know, outplay them for stretches, um, you know, out chance them for stretches uh, to really hit repeat on a performance that we had in the regular season, I think was huge for our guys. And, and you know, we'll obviously uh, work to build on that. Uh, we get back to work in the weight room here uh, starting not, not tomorrow, but the following Monday. And, and it really, it, it starts all over again. You know, and um, I think the way that our the mentality is, is the thing I was most proud about um, and happy with in, in, in terms of our growth and, and you know our our players, our staff, our fans aren't aren't again aren't happy with with nine wins and, and I don't want to act like this was you know a, a wildly successful successful first year, uh, but at the same time you know you have to build a foundation as you build a program and believing that you can accomplish something is a big big part of that Uh, especially when you take over a program that you know hasn't enjoyed a lot of success in the prior years you know you don't have a lot of real life experience of winning in the locker room and and so you know building that up having it end the way it did, it obviously, you know, not our result, but I think it just re re reconfirmed or re um, reinforced to our locker room that, you know, we have, we have a great foundation. We have to build on it. Our work isn't even close to done, um, but we have something to stand on and, and, and build on.
2: Yeah. Very well said coach. Um, I want to ask you this real quick in, in regards to the pairings. Do you think the pairwise and the committee got it right with the uh, four teams uh, that they put as number one seeds?
3: I do. Um, you know, I think they've been the best four all year. Uh, you know, there's obviously been a little bit of fluctuation, but and, and maybe it's because all the favorites – you know, one, whether is I guess, except for Harvard and Quinnipiac, but Harvard is a ridiculously talented team. Um, but man, this field, I mean, it's as good as a field as I think I've, I've, I can remember. Um, I mean, you even look at the teams that didn't make it in. There's a lot of good hockey teams that didn't make it in. And I don't think that there's anybody that made it that, that shouldn't be there. It is, uh, it's a big boys tournament, that's for sure. You look at some of these first-round matchups, it's like, you know, you, you would take that in a, in a championship game, and, and we're getting it in the first round.
0: Uh, and, Coach, I mean, even uh, with AIC winning Atlantic Hockey, um, they were very much in the conversation for an at-large bid most of the year. So that's not a, a pushover either. I don't know if Scott has to repeat that or
2: not. Yeah, yeah, let me let me try it, Paul. I don't know if your, your mic isn't cranked up no, enough. Or I don't record. know what it is. I've tried uh, to turn every single yeah. dial I can find, <laughs> whether it's in the car or on the phone or nope. unplug
3: it, plug nope. it back in. I don't know what it
2: is. but No problem, I'm Coach. On. He's just talking about, uh, he said, uh, AIC coming in as the number 16 seed, if you will, um, was flirting with... Uh, getting their own bid earning their bid without having to have the atlantic hockey um uh, auto bid from the from the tournament championship so maybe that is uh is the key uh to the parody or maybe that's an example of the parody right yeah and you know eric eric lang's done a fantastic job
3: there I you know i think this might be their third straight year in the tournament or whatever it is um Obviously, you know their first time in, they upset uh, St. Cloud, who was a one seed. Um, and you know they—they, they, uh, I watched their game against Mercyhurst, and, and they're a good team. Um, you know they got size, they can skate, they—they um, they play hard. They got a, like a little bit of a, a old school toughness to them. They're—they're um, they're a good hockey team, and uh, and that, I just. You know, you look at, yeah, I, I don't know I, I don't know how we got the field that we did, um, but it really is uh, it's an impressive one, and, and they're doing a great job at at AIC. I, obviously, you know, Air Force was close; uh, they had a great season uh, in terms of making the championship in, in their conference, uh, but they were they were close. But AIC, you know, one thing that Eric does uh, that I think. You know he's he's obviously built that program, but probably in around year two and three, probably year three. You know he he didn't shy away from playing anybody, and you know he would schedule UMass and he would schedule Providence and he would schedule those those teams, and and they just started to build an expectation that um, that they're going to win those games, and and it started to prepare them uh, really well you know, for for making playoff runs and, and things like that. And now, obviously, you know, it's kind of snowballed in, in their role in there. Um, but AI, AIC is a good team. You know, obviously, they're going up against Michigan, who <laughs> I uh, I think they got – I think Michigan's got something going because I, I still think uh, – I think they have probably the best goalie out of the top teams um, you know I think Eric Portillo is 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 one of the best in the country. Obviously, Devin Levi is is probably number one in terms of uh, what he's done and and you know what he's uh, the numbers he's put up. Um, obviously, Ryan McKay at Mankato's had a big year, but I think you know Michigan has so much firepower, and you think, all right, well we we can hold them down and and prevent them from scoring as best we can. Uh, we're going to have to score a few. We're going to have to try and outscore them. And then you run into Eric Portillo, who's, uh, you know, I think probably a top three, four goalie in the country. So um, they got a tough task, AIC, but they're they're a good team, well-coached, have had a lot of success. So they'll go into that game confident, I'm sure.
2: Um, Paul wants to ask you this one. He wants to know if your phone blew up after that game in Mankato the other, last night because – Have you ever seen anything like that?
3: I have not. And, you know, it's one of those weird things where you you do say the magnitude of the game, you want them to get it right. Um, You know, but at the same time, there are clear rules that state that once you leave the ice, it's over.
2: Um, Right. Yeah.
3: You know, and and if you you think there's something going on, you know, they – they're very upfront, then don't leave the ice, you know? Um, So it was crazy. Uh, You know, it, it, I guess it, you know, it ended how, how it was supposed to end. Um, And I give both of those, I give Mankato a lot of credit, Um, you know, to, to be able to turn back around and respond and, and get it done again, the way that they did. Uh, Not an easy thing to do. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was wild. That's one of those that you don't, uh, you don't see those every
2: day. <laughs> coach, I'll tell you, uh, I've been a level four USA coach, a level four USA uh, official. And uh, my thought when, initially when I heard it, and, of course, I had a game going on in front of me in St. Paul, but um, when I heard it, I was going like, hold on a minute. If the officials looked at the reviews that they had available to them, and they could not see clear-cut evidence that that was uh, an undisputable goal or non-goal in the case, and then they, they decided that the game was over, like you said, and everybody left the ice. Um, then I think you go back to old-school refereeing and officiating where you say um, the referees on the ice made the call, and uh, the call stands now because that's what they're there for, Correct. Maybe I lost coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, yeah, he, he's traveling. So, yeah. so, Coach, if you can hear us and can't, can't connect, I, I totally understand. We appreciate your time. Uh, be safe out there on the road. And um, uh, you know what? Keep building that program because it's got a long ways to go to, uh, to to reach the pinnacle. But I know step by step you're going to get there. All right, I think we lost our connection with Coach Chris Mayotte, but uh, we appreciate him coming on for as long yeah. as he did. Paul, hopefully you got the answer that you wanted out of that uh, Mankato of them, thing.
0: So. I got some of them. You know, it's all okay. So
2: Okay, so let's, uh, let's quickly run through these uh, real quick. Um, the, here's the, the seeds and the teams that are in uh, each region. Um, the Albany seed is uh, Minnesota State. Uh, the number one seed, North Dakota, two; Notre Dame, three; Harvard, four. Paul Hornstein, I started with the best because I didn't want to make sure we didn't run out of time. Uh, tell us about this one.
0: I jeez, mean, I mean, you to to me that you know when they when they put out the World Cup draw for soccer, yeah. um, <laughs> they usually label one group the group of death as the group that ends up being the the toughest top to bottom. And, listen, like the coach said, he thinks this is the best field that he can remember. Um, That looks like the group of death to me um, in terms (laughs) of the overall from top to bottom uh, in terms of the uh, one through four.
2: All right, and good old Allentown. They get number one, Michigan, number two, Quinnipiac, number three, St. Cloud State, number four, American International, are also known as AIC. Uh, Michigan AIC will will battle the first uh, round, and then uh, Quinnipiac and St. Cloud State. Paul, your thoughts on Allentown?
0: Well, this is uh, the the one regional where they uh, switched some teams because of first-round matchups. You know, they couldn't put uh, – uh, in the other bracket, they couldn't put St. Cloud in Albany because then they would have played North Dakota in the first round. So they moved Notre Dame and St. Cloud, which we kind of thought they might do last night.
2: Yeah. We were talking yep. about it. Correct.
0: Um, but, you know, St. Cloud, right, uh, got to the championship game last year. Um, Michigan is, you know, team first-round pick. Um. And you know Quinnipiac been very steady. Uh, there was a stat on the broadcast last night where um, basically all six games now that they've lost were games where they were not leading going into the third period, or they were behind
1: Ooh. going into the third
0: period. So they Ooh. definitely know how to play with a lead.
2: I guess we That's know nice what uh, Saint Cloud State's going to want to try to do.
0: You know, ASC's playing with house money. I don't know if it's quite that simple, but.
2: But, yeah, uh, well. By you time know. you get the 116, you just never know because uh, you don't mm-hmm. want the number one to overlook the 16 unless you're the 16.
0: Well, right. And, <laughs> you know, it's what makes, it is what has made this tournament better over the last decade. Yeah, is uh, that there are more and more upsets in terms of paper. Now we know yeah, obviously the game's not played on paper, right? When when it's not always chalk, that's when you get people talking because chalk is boring.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so I'm gonna leave Loveland for last. We're gonna go to Worcester. Worcester. That close? Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, Worcester. Okay, uh, I've been working on it. Not very well, though, apparently. Um, Okay, so number one, Western Michigan. Number two, Minnesota. Number three, the defending champion, UMass. Number four, Northeastern. Clearly, uh, East versus West, kind of, uh, if you will. East versus Central, maybe. But um, does it matter that the one and two maybe could have been flipped between Minnesota being the one and Western Michigan the two? Does that matter at all in this region, Paul? Uh, not the
0: way it's kinda set up to be honest with you, because you're looking now again at two teams where I'm sure that Western Michigan will have some of their lunatics travel. I always do. And I'm sure that some of the fans of that other Maroon and Gold team uh will will will, will make the trip to Worcester. Uh, but you're playing against two local teams.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I my mean, advantage? <laughs> um, kind of?
0: Kind of, yeah. I mean, Worcester's not that far from Boston, which is where Northeastern is. Okay. Um, and obviously, even if I'm not exactly sure on the, the the geography, I'm pretty sure Amherst is a lot closer to, to Worcester than. Um, Minneapolis. And, <laughs>
2: yeah, you're uh, safe on that one, Paul. Yeah.
0: And, you know, um, sorry, blanking on exactly where Western Michigan is in terms of uh, Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Yeah. So it's slightly closer uh, to, to Amherst. Than, yeah.
2: Uh, and here's what I wonder. Does Minnesota come in with a chip on their shoulder? Because there was a lot of talk in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area the last three days before last night's game that uh, Minnesota should be a number one seed and they're really good and they should, they should probably be playing out in Loveland. And um, you know, Denver should be the two seed in Loveland. Uh, Didn't happen. Uh, They didn't beat Michigan in the big 10 championship game. Um, So, so it is what it is. That's where it ended up, but let's jump to Loveland Denver, number one, Minnesota, Duluth, number two, Michigan tech three, UMass Lowell 4. I told you uh, off air that uh, I believe Denver got the best number one seed matchup of any of them.
0: Uh, Okay. Uh, You know, once again, that might be true because they're playing basically at home. They're the host school. But you know. And, And
2: by the way, they're the only host school that's playing in their host regional.
0: You you know and what the deal is with your bulldogs, and you can never ever count them out. And you heard Coach Mayotte say they play not to give up goals. And maybe, you know, <laughs> yes, we'll, 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 we figure we'll get one or two by accident, but we've decided that you're not going to score. And...
2: Well, it all starts with, with number thirty-nine, Ryan Fanti. And I know Coach is a goaltending coach, and I know he's partial to the guys that he recruits, and I know he likes uh, what he sees in Michigan, but um, goodness gracious, Paul. Uh, Ryan Fanti shut out the uh, two teams he played in the frozen faceoff, um, number one Denver and a number one seed in Western Michigan. So two of the number one seeds were shut out this weekend by Ryan Fanty and the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, I mean – that's what, we're, that's what you're saying, right? I mean, they, they play that playoff style all year long. It's kind of like watching Notre Dame in the Big Ten. The other six schools in that league tend to be very offensive-minded, and Notre Dame tends to be the outlier. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying that the, the, other te- the other seven teams in the NCHC don't play defense because that's obviously not true. Um, but it just seems that playoff-style hockey games and playoff-style mentality is what Duluth does.
2: Yeah, 100% correct. And uh, I'm going to go back to that phrase because that's going to stick with me forever. Um, with, uh, with Scott Sandlin saying, uh, I told the guys two weeks ago that if we wanted to win a national championship, all five guys had to come back every shift back into the defensive zone and had to start from there. And then he, that, that dramatic pause. And um, I've got it. I've got to put it out there so people can hear it. But then he said, and it's non-negotiable. You know, a lot of, a lot of coaches will say that they'll say, Hey, get back. We need you all back. But uh, if your star player doesn't go back or uh, your top line doesn't go back uh, the to uh, the defensive zone, then uh, sometimes it's overlooked because they are who they are and that's human nature. But, but he said it was non-negotiable for everybody. He said, if you don't do it, you're not going to continue to play. Well, so uh,
0: we don't know if that's true or not because everybody did it. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But um, that's the kind of respect he has. And people go, what is it? What is it about him? And, and somebody in the, in the, the presser said, um, to Blake Bionde he said what was the game plan against Denver and he said he started talking and Scott put up his hand and he said nope 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 that's top secret we're not talking about it <laughs> which was kind of funny uh, at the time he, he was he kind of tongue in cheek but um, it, it was funny that uh, he didn't want any of the secrets given out to the press who uh, who might give it to somebody else so uh well,
0: we know what the secret is
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so anyway um uh, if you have it in front of you paul can you give a rundown of the games uh we'll do it in just a minute we're going to get our uh, our partners involved and then when we come back if you have a rundown of when the games start and who plays who and and when we'll do that do. to kind of wrap up the show okay of course i do all right we'll be back in just about two minutes wheels and bearings for your inline skates or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little
0: things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com.
1: As you plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive J.D. Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call one 800 drury Inn or go to DruryHotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home.
3: Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm
0: focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. has been run and running through.
1: from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live.
2: All right, welcome back, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans. This is the best time of the year, as my co-host likes to say, because it is playoff hockey, which means there's games all the time, which means that everything is a one and done all the way up to the national championship, which will be crowned on April 9th at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Kansas City, Missouri, and this uh, gorgeous Harris property. uh, Our partners at Caesars Entertainment, Uh, thank you very much for your hospitality. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, about 10 feet below sea level uh, in the palatial estate tonight. Okay, Paul, I I told everybody you're going to give us a breakdown what to watch, when to watch, and where to watch.
0: Well, uh, this is this is pretty simple. I mean, it, with the exception of the one game I'll mention, um, every one of these games over the next over those two days is on ESPNU. Um, the first game will be Thursday at noon, as the uh, Mavericks of Minnesota State will take on.
2: And are these all Eastern times, right? Yes, yeah, these start... are all Eastern
0: times. Okay, thank you. Um. Um, take on the one team that uh, uh, did have an upset win in their conference tournament in Harvard. Um, and, you, you know, you heard Coach Mayotte say that they're a really talented team, and uh, and they are. But, you know, as most of those East Coast, you know, most of those these Northeast teams really struggled at the start of the season, so. So they're also going to be playing with house money. So that's going to be a very dangerous matchup for uh, for Mankato. Uh, then you go uh, up to where you'll be at the 3 p.m. Eastern as your the bulldogs.
2: Event Center.
0: As, as your bulldogs take on uh, Michigan Tech as Michigan Tech now tries to round up all the garlic that it can it can find. <laughs>
2: All the way from from uh, Michigan Tech, uh, all the way down to uh, to uh, Loveland.
0: They're going to well, be looking considering at. they're in the UP. It'll probably be frozen, whatever it is. Yeah, well, that'd um, be okay.
2: Freeze it, unthawed in Denver, that'd be okay. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, the third game on Thursday will be um, Terry's Sue. We gotta throw gotta throw Terry a bone once in a while and mention her <laughs> on, the, on the show.
2: Her fighting Sue, by the way.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sorry, the fighting Sue. Yeah. Uh, and they will take on in what I think will be a tough matchup. Yeah, uh, a Notre Dame team uh, in that first yeah. round because once again you. they they play playoff style all year long. And uh, and this is not to say that North Dakota can't win with those without these guys, but. We don't know what the story is with Sanderson and Clevin. Exactly,
2: exactly, exactly, exactly.
0: And if those guys are playing, we don't know what kind of game condition they're going to be in. Um, I would just be weary of how this game goes. Um, Not that we're asking for predictions, but I'm just throwing it out there. And then you get the last game on Thursday night, um, At 9 o'clock Eastern, um, the Denver Pioneers, the host school, playing the um, Riverhawks of UMass Lowell.
2: Yeah, the the last game of the night, 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, Bye-bye, Eastern folks. You're not going to be watching that. Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, So Friday, what do we got going Friday? We
0: got Friday, uh, once again, uh, noon, the Broncos of Western Michigan take on the the Huskies of Northeastern. That is the first game. The second game will be um, the aforementioned AIC breaking out its uh, attempt to shoot the windmills and take down the windmill uh, against Michigan. I I guess a Man of La Mancha reference is probably (laughs) over your
2: head. yeah. Good one.
0: You know, hey, it is what it is, right? Uh, Friday, six o'clock, Eastern Time. That other maroon and gold team take on the defending champ, UMass.
2: Yeah. You mean your Minnesota Golden Gophers?
0: That other maroon and gold team. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, for whatever reason, um, the the last game of the night is actually starting at eight o'clock, which is probably why it's on a different channel, the ESPN News Channel. Um, Quinnipiac and St. Cloud starting at eight o'clock. So that's kind of like the one overlap in terms of the schedule for that first round.
2: But, but not bad. Really if that's the only it. one, that's not bad.
0: No, it's not bad considering that every year there'd be uh two or three games that they were only being streamed as opposed to being on television.
2: Yeah, that and that's that's really cool. And again, that's why I like this this start Thursday, play Friday, you know, play Saturday, play Sunday over the four days because that that opens things up a little bit. In addition to giving the teams a little bit of rest uh, before they go into their next uh, matchup, because you know, as Coach Mayotte said, this is the uh, the best field he's ever seen. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting, and it's not, I mean, obviously it's normal, but um, wherever the number one uh, seed overall seed is at, they will uh, go into the uh, Frozen Four regional with the number four overall seed, and then the two and the threes will work their way through. Right. So basically what that tells you is um, uh, Michigan will be in the same regional if they should go their right. way so through if, with if, the so number if, one Denver. Right.
0: If the chalk holds up and yes. there are no upsets, the, the brackets are set up for a frozen four of Michigan versus Denver and Minnesota State versus Western Michigan.
2: Yeah, let me make a couple of really bold or not so bold predictions. Um, I think there's a possibility that Michigan and Denver could meet in one of those semifinal games, but w- uh, Western Michigan's not getting to the semifinals of the uh, – and again, this is analytics and eyeballs at you. Yes, I know. They're number one seed. Yes, I know. But uh, my eye- eyeballs again from this weekend tell me like they played really good against North Dakota, not so good against Duluth, and they ran out of gas. And as you know, Nick Maxon was sitting right next to me. He looked over at me in the about the end of the first period, start of the second period, and he goes, "This team is out of gas." Yep, and that's what happens when you're top heavy. And there's no surprise with Western Michigan; they are two and a half lines, uh, and they're they're of dominance, and they spend a lot of time. I mean, I saw nothing but Ronnie Adderd in my uh, yeah, uh, lens this, of, of my camera right, on this, on Friday, right? right? But, but on Saturday, Paul, I saw very little of Ronnie Adder, and that was because he just wasn't in the action where he normally would be, and he wasn't taking every other shift like he normally takes.
0: Yeah, but now this format, as opposed to being back-to-back, helps them because there's a day off in between.
2: Sure, it's going to help them, but they're still two-and-a-half lines as opposed to a Denver with four and a Michigan with uh, three-and-three-quarters.
0: I I, I told you last night, Coach Versweiler saying just keep saying it, keep saying it, and he'll write you a check if if it means that you'll keep saying that. Uh, Coach,
2: you need my address.
0: (laughs) Just saying that you don't see it, but they're still a number one seed.
2: Yeah, at, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so I'm looking forward to being at the uh, the Loveland Regional. Um, Paul will have his uh, eyes glued to a number of different screens, uh, and he's thankful that he gets the TV on some of these.
0: No, I don't, I don't need this. I, don't, I only need the TV. I oh, the yeah, attention.
2: you do only need the TV, don't you? That's correct. I, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. My bad. Um, we will have the brackets out on our website. I will tweet the brackets out if you want to play along and uh, do your predictions. Uh, they will be ready tonight. And um, the Super 16 is over. Paul, is this the Super 16 that you would have picked had you had to pick it?
0: Uh, eh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but I don't have to worry about it.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a great tournament. Maybe the one of the best ever uh as far as talented field and uh and where everything's going on this. So we're thankful to have fans back. It was great at the NCHC uh tournament this weekend to uh have ten thousand two hundred and fifty three fans on the opening night. There would have been a bunch more for the championship had uh North Dakota been in that championship game because a lot of those fans uh took off <laughs> maybe went to Mariucci. I don't know where they went. But they uh they, they left the uh the XL Energy Center. Uh, congratulations again to Josh Fenton, the outgoing commissioner of the NCHC. He ended uh, the NCHC, his NCHC reign on a very high note. And of course, uh, Michael Weissman, what a yeoman's job he did. Sam Keeney, she did a wonderful job as well. And they they brought on our guy, uh, Jordan McAlpine, did, and they had him running. There was a couple of times I saw him sprinting. <laughs> so. Congratulations to Jordan uh, who listen, will be joining in, me tomorrow night to talk analytics mid, and eyeballs.
0: He's in his early to mid twenties. He can handle it.
2: <laughs> they worked him. They, they made sure that they, and again, it's first class as you'll see in your little gift bag that I'm sending you. They, they gave us a lot of great stuff and uh, it, it's uh, you know, it's just fun to go there, have a, a media meal again, have a good setup where you can sit and meet with the, the coaches and the players afterwards. And, um, that nobody does it like the NCHC. Let's just put it that way. Everybody else does a pretty good job, but not like the NCHC. They are the standard, and that's why they have more teams than any conference in the uh, national tournament.
0: Yeah, they have it again this year. So,
2: All right. We'll Bye. say uh, a big thank you to our uh, our guest tonight, the head coach from Colorado College, Chris May. I knew he'd be good even though he was on the road and we had some connection issues. What we heard from Coach tonight was oh, yeah. uh, absolutely uh, a, a gem, and we appreciate him taking the time. Two weeks away from a baby, so uh, look out if you want to talk to coach, you better get it in soon because in now. he's going to be busy.
0: Yeah, because uh, and, and and good luck to him and and Mrs. Coach and uh, we're, that would be Mrs.
2: Mayat to you, huh? <laughs> Mrs. Mayat to you. <laughs> anyway, take it away, my friend.
0: From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or behindthemask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the Perfect Toyota to fit your needs at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse you barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. By the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury and Suites, now an official Disney World Hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com and find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Topgolf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf center or go to Topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. And by M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and see which M-Drive formula is for you. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IceTimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network.
2: Very well done. Again, a big thank you to uh, Colorado College head coach Chris Mayotte for joining us. Uh, You know, it's it's kind of ironic that he would say the only one I could hear of the two of you was Scott.
0: Yeah, well, I have (laughs) have my suspicions, but... (laughs)
2: I love it. Uh, guys, uh, at, tune in again this week. with Analytics and eyeballs, normal time tomorrow night. Uh, Paul and I will be back with College Hockey Helpless Weekly on Tuesday night. Then things get a little crazy as we prepare you for uh, podcast heaven as we go down the stretch of the NCAA regional tournaments. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.
0: Good night.